Hi, welcome to the Fast Life with Diabetes podcast. My name is Lucy Fisher. On this podcast, we'll discuss everything related to intermittent fasting and type 1 and type 2 diabetes. We'll share tips and tricks and we'll reveal some of the challenges that we've all faced as we go through this journey. We'll also have some fascinating guests that will share their stories. Thanks so much for joining. It's going to be a great show. Also, before we get started, I just want to remind you that I am not a doctor. Before beginning an intermittent fasting protocol or making changes to your medication, I highly recommend that you speak to your doctor. Hi, thanks for joining today. Today we have a very special guest. His name is David. He is my partner. We've been together for nine plus years now. And I thought that it would make sense to have David on the podcast because He's been able to observe me through my intermittent fasting journey. And since he's known me for nine and a half years, I've had type one diabetes for 24 years. So he's had quite a bit of time with me, with my type one diabetes. He's seen me manage it through several different iterations of treatments and different ways of managing through injections and pumps and loop and a thousand different other things that he's witnessed me doing. So he's had a good perspective from the, from that as well. So thank you for joining again. I appreciate you being here. And I wanted to start by just touching base on, there's, there's an episode that's prior to this one where I discuss all the other diets and lifestyles that I've been on over the years. And you've, you've observed all of those. <laughs> My pattern is usually six months up to usually something like 123 pounds and six months down, get to like 113 pounds and then quit and then go back and do it again. How do you feel intermittent fasting has been different for me from those other diets and lifestyles I've I've been on? Well, first of all, thank you for having me. It's been a joy to listen to the first couple of episodes and it's, it's a pleasure to be part of the fun myself here. But to answer your question, I would say intermittent fasting probably started off like a lot of these other diets. It was it was something you wanted to do to to change yourself and whether that was lose weight or or whatever, it kind of started off that way. But I think the reality is that after a while, it kind of clicked for you and that it wasn't just a weight loss thing. You were starting to see differences in your blood sugar. You were starting to notice other differences in your overall health. And I think what it boils down to is this, you know, we've all been on diets before. And I think some of the experiences that you've had aren't really different than what I've had or some of the other people listening to this have had, you know, if something works for you, not everything works for everybody, but if something works for you, you do it for a couple of months, you lose X percent of weight. You know, I weigh twice as much as you do. So for me, if we both lost five pounds, great for you, not as good for me. So, you know, we both try and be as successful as we can. And, but after a while, people are busy. People get a little complacent. They kind of forget why they were doing what they were doing. And they go back to their normal ways. There's a reason why most diets don't succeed over the long run, whether you're trying to lose 5% of your body weight or 30% of your body weight. What's different is this. And the one thing that I've noticed that it clicked for you is that it's not a decision of what do I eat? It's not a decision, do I eat 
do I eat white meat, chicken over, you know, a, a nice piece of thigh chicken that's that's breaded and fried and all that stuff. It's do I make the decision of do I eat or not? And once you and your body got used to that of not having food for longer and longer periods of time, I don't think it was ever easy for you. I don't know if it's ever easy for you, but it was a simple decision. And once that decision was made that, no, I don't want to eat right now and I don't want to eat for, say, another hour and then I'll think about it again. It was an easy lifestyle for you. It stopped becoming a diet and it was more just a way of life. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think back to the time when I was doing Weight Watchers, for example, and there's nothing wrong with Weight Watchers, just to be clear. I mean, it teaches you a lot of good eating habits and there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. But I remember with Weight Watchers counting points and, you know, having very long discussions with you before you made dinner for us about exactly how many points were in everything. And could you not use oil to make that? And is there some other way you could cook this? And can we leave this out? And just constantly adding up points and trying to borrow points from the next day, or maybe I had some rollover points, I could eat a little bit more. I mean, it was, there was so much thought and energy put into food that I think it was difficult for both of us to, to sort of manage. Whereas this seems a little bit more seamless, at least probably from your perspective. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. Well, yeah. I mean, look, I'm, I'm totally happy for you, but when you first started doing this, it was kind of annoying. I won't lie. (laughs) I honestly didn't realize you were doing it for a little bit. And that's kind of because we do have somewhat different schedules. Just socially, you know, as a couple, one of the things we get to do every day, like I know we're going to always eat dinner together most days, you know, you might have plans, I might have plans. So I kind of, I I missed that at first. And I still honestly miss that. Your eating window tends to be in the middle of the day. And that's generally when we're apart from each other. But honestly, I've gotten over that mild annoyance that, and we find other ways to, to do things, but but yeah, it, it's it's amazing how well it's it's worked for you. And in in other respects, it's it's worked for me as well. I, I don't say that I do intermittent fasting. There's nothing wrong with it. I just haven't gone all in on that yet. But as a result of what you're doing, it's rubbed off on me a little bit. And I've been able to basically more or less eliminate a meal from from my daily life. And I've, and I've enjoyed the benefits of weight loss and my clothes fitting better. And while blood sugar isn't as big of an issue for me, in general, <clears throat> eating less and eating a little bit better, there will be extra benefits for me as well. Right, right. No, that's, that's important. I'm glad that I've rubbed off on you to some extent. I know when I, I, I hear it, you know, when we're after your day at school, you're a high school teacher, you talk about you eat in the morning for breakfast or something, and then you don't eat all day. And then you come home and eat at night. Typically you'll eat like a light dinner or something like that. But before I think you were trying to eat lunch during the day and you were really trying to keep up with the three meals a day. And now I feel like you are essentially eating two meals a day, which isn't necessarily intermittent fasting or your intent, but I feel like some of this has rubbed off on you a little bit, like you said. One of the things I wanted to talk about with you, since you've been able to observe my diabetes, it's something that unfortunately is something that I think about 
on a minute by minute basis of every single day, whether I'm awake or I'm asleep. I mean, there's been so many times in the middle of the night where I wake up and have my Dexcom alarm going off. And, you know, it's, it's something that we deal with very, very, very frequently. It's the third partner in our relationship, I would say, but how have you noticed with intermittent fasting, my, my blood sugar control, or have you, have you noticed it? No, I would say, and again, I don't know if you went into intermittent fasting with this intention, but it's been one heck of a side effect in that the the variance in your blood sugar, uh, and I'm sure you'll share this data in the future once you've had a chance to really compile it and study it, but it's the variance in the data is just come down dramatically. You can speak to the numbers better than I can, but you don't have those really high highs of 200 and, and above. And very rarely does your does your alarm go off at say a, under 60 or 50 or, or something really scary low. That used to happen what felt like to me almost daily. And if not daily, then let's call it four or five times a week. And that's only when I was around these big swings. Now it feels like it happens maybe once or twice a week at the most. And if anything, I know one thing that you've done to me with some of your software, with some of your, I think it's your, on your Dexcom, you'll show me your graph. And I don't know if it's 12 hours or 24 hours. And you'll show off, like, like look at this. Like, who's this person? That <laughs> you're, like, you're, like, you're like, as far as I know, you don't have diabetes and you'd be jealous of these blood sugars. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And more, and more often, and that would be maybe once a week you would do that. And now it feels like there's more days than not you're proud of that and you can show it off. And, you know, as someone that studies statistics and math, I don't know if we can scientifically say, and we're not trying to, that intermittent fasting and the weight loss and all this stuff is directly impacting it. But I don't think a whole heck of a lot's changed in your life otherwise. So it's probably part of it. <laughs> it's probably a big part of it. And that's, and that's a great side effect in a positive way, even if it wasn't your original intent going into this. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, I may not fill you in on the minute by minute iterations of my blood sugar, but what would happen prior to intermittent fasting is I could start off the day on the blood sugar roller coaster, you know, wake up, eat breakfast, give myself too much insulin, end up with a low blood sugar, eat way too much to correct it, then end up with a high blood sugar, then it's lunchtime and I give myself too much to correct that. Then we get on the roller coaster again. I go back on a low blood sugar. Then I eat too much. Then I go out for a walk. Then I get a low blood sugar. It just goes on and on all day and sometimes all night long. So you're right. And you saying that it happened every day, probably happened more than once a day where I had pretty bad low blood sugars. And you're also right in saying that it doesn't happen as often because I've eliminated food for large portions of the day. And food is the biggest factor in dosing yourself with insulin and managing your diabetes. So it's interesting that you've actually noticed it on your end too, because I, it's probably more subtle for you, but I do think it's interesting that you've noticed it because I haven't made such a big deal about it. Again, if anything, it, you seem to be having more of an issue the, the, the more you've been getting into this. And I guess the more successful you've been, your fasts are getting longer if anything, one of the issues you've been dealing with lately, and I don't know if you've shared this with everyone yet, but if anything, your basal rate, you've had to adjust it. Your Just your normal rate of insulin you're giving yourself back in the old days is now too much. <laughs> and, and if anything, you've been running low and you've had to crank it down a little bit, 
to, to adjust for the fact that your blood sugars have been more normal, more standard. And I think that's probably a high quality issue in general, the, 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 the less medicine you have to give yourself, the less you have to adjust it is something that hopefully will be sustainable the, the longer you do this. And I do see, and I do see this as something, again, this is more of a lifestyle change. This isn't a diet. This isn't a, what do I eat? It's, do I eat? When do I eat? And for you and for a lot of people, that that's proven to be a lot easier decision. Right, right. Yeah. I, I think that, that you're 100% accurate, accurate in saying that. I think too, that the when you eat has been important for me as well, because, and I've mentioned this on the podcast a few times, I have a, a midday eating window or I eat from about 10 a.m. till about 1230 or one o'clock. And so before that time and after that time, there's really no food in the mix. So it's been a lot easier for me to, to manage my blood sugars in that way. And you're right. The basal rate that I've had has gone down. Is it, Everybody that's listening should be very impressed that David knows about basal rate because that's a big deal. So thank you for knowing that. Uh, but you're right. The basal rate, and I've mentioned this on, I think it was episode four, talking about insulin needs. My basal rate went from, I think it was 17 or 18 units a day down to what's now six or seven units a day. So that's huge decrease in basal rate. And it is a high quality problem to have, but it does take some time and attention to get it right. And I think you're correctly noticing that the reason that I end up with low blood sugars at times is because the basal rate is too high. I have to keep ratcheting it down. And that's something that I've had to work through. And I think I've shared that a little bit on the podcast, but for the people out there that are type ones, it's something that, you know, you're going to have to just fight your way through. But once you get to the point where you have them dialed in correctly, you should have pretty smooth sailing. And David is attesting to that for most of the rest of the day when you're not eating. So speaking of basal rate and things of that nature, the basal rate actually went down quite significantly as I've been losing the weight. So as I said on the podcast, normally I would bounce between 123 and 113. And were you surprised? I mean, I fully expected at 113 that I would stop losing weight. I don't know why I thought that, but I then went on to lose another 20 pounds. Were you surprised to see that? Or what were your thoughts on that? I don't know if I was surprised. I think what I was most surprised about was how consistently the weight came off. If if anything, you've always had like a target or a goal in mind. And it wasn't always like, let's get to a certain number and then let's trampoline back up. But it was almost like, okay, yay, we made it. We crossed the finish line. But I was almost surprised that I, again, you have the data in front of you. But let's say you were losing like a pound a week. It, it was just that you kept losing a pound a week and you kept losing a pound a week. And at some point when you're talking on a percentage basis, again, thinking like this is a math person, uh, a pound from 120 is a certain percent. A pound from 100 is a lot bigger percent. So the fact that you kept losing a pretty steady clip, almost to the point where it was, I know you're a healthy person and I know that you see the doctor a lot more than I do. <laughs> but it was almost to the point where, are you losing too much weight? But you're like, no, I feel fine. You know, I, I, I'm eating plenty of food. I see the doctor, I get my blood levels checked very regularly. <laughs> I know you do. And I think that's a testament, again, to not just the fact you're intermittent fasting, but the quality of your diet. You're eating a wholesome diet. You may be eating less. You may be eating in a shorter window. But your body, at a certain point, is stopping having certain cravings um, because you're truly starting to see food as being fuel 
for your body. It's not just, oh, I want to eat this, oh, I want to eat that. And after a while, like for me personally, I'm someone that eats a lot of sweets. And so if I don't have them, my body starts to crave it after a while. And you may have that blood sugar roller coaster. Someone like me has that roller coaster where I eat something sweet, then something salty, then something sweet, then something salty. And the body keeps going back and forth like that. But for you, for kind of eliminating sugars and doing more of a clean fast, your body not only, I don't say it lost a taste for it, but it doesn't have that craving for it anymore. And when you do eat, you do eat a wholesome diet. You're not just cutting carbs. You're eating protein. You're eating fruits and vegetables. You are eating some carbohydrates as well. You are eating some fats as well. And so I think that's one of the reasons why your body can sustain, say, on average, an 18-hour fast. And I know for you, you've done some days we're probably pushing 24 hours, if not a couple more than that. Do you get hungry sometimes? I've heard you mention it, and so I'm sure you do. But it, it, it's few and far between. We really don't hear it that often. And I think that's testament to the quality of your diet as well. Right. Yeah, I think I think that's true. And for everybody listening, I went from a 16-8 protocol, fasting for 16 hours, uh, eating for eight, to then I kept moving the, the eating window, making it shorter and shorter. And then I ultimately ended up at 19-5. And then I switched to OMAD, one meal a day. And I think it was about three months into OMAD that I stopped eating sugar. And I mean, you, you can attest to the diet I had before intermittent fasting to the diet I have now, it wasn't something that I, that I forced. It's just, and you notice this, my body was just craving, you know, higher quality foods because I don't have all the time in the world to make up for a meal of like, I, I can eat a pizza if I feel like it for my meal, but if I do that, then I don't have another meal to make it up with. And so now I think our conversations revolve around, I need some vegetable in the meal. I need like a nice fat. I need a little bit of carb. I need it to be really, really balanced. And then I cut out the sweet because the sweet is just taking up extra calories that could be used for something that has more nutrients in it. I don't know if you've noticed as much. I mean, you're the one that does a lot of the food shopping in this household. It, just like my requests are a little bit different for, for food now. I mean, is that right? Oh, absolutely. And it's not just fewer Skittles and gummy bears. It's, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it, it's, it's more healthy, more wholesome food. And, and I think that's a big testament. It's, it's not just the decision of do I eat now and when to eat that that's the first step, but the next step to, for making this sustainable is making sure you're eating quality stuff. That way your body, while it's getting less food, gets everything it needs. And when it's getting everything it needs, that'll allow you to, to sustain your fast longer. And I think ultimately, I, I don't know if you're at your perfect or your ideal weight, whether it's higher or lower than here, that's, that's your personal decision. But I know that, I know that you've gotten things to a point that it's not even about being manageable. It's just comfortable. And I don't want to say easy, but it's just comfortable at this point. Like, you're you do what you need to do and you're happy with the results and it's something that's quite sustainable for you right now there's no reason to think that you won't be doing the same thing a year from now and and, and i think that's fantastic we've made a couple trips to goodwill to to get rid of some clothes but 
but that's mostly stuff that you probably haven't worn for five years anyways, whether or not it fit. So it was a good excuse to go through the closet. But other than that, I'm very proud of you in that in a short amount of time, just just all the progress that you've made. But now because of these secondary benefits that you've noticed, it's given you good cause and good reason to share this with other people as well. Yeah. And I think something that we've talked about privately is that a lot, there's a lot lacking when you're diagnosed with diabetes, when you're trying to manage your diabetes, doctors just don't have enough time to go through with a fine tooth comb, everything that's going on in your blood sugars and spend hours on end with you talking about how are you eating? How are you exercising and checking all your pump settings? I have a great endocrinologist now, probably the best one I've ever had. And even with her, my appointments are 30 minutes every quarter. And not once has she said anything to me about intermittent fasting. And I don't know if that's because she doesn't know about it. I don't know if that's because she doesn't like it for type one diabetics or whatever the case may be. She didn't seem to be upset about it when I mentioned it to her. She seemed to be very on board with it, especially when she saw my blood sugars doing as well as they were. But I feel like it's a tool that all diabetics, both type one and type two could use to manage their blood sugars because any, at any point you take out food from the equation, which is, like I said, the number one factor that affects your blood sugar, you're going to have just much better control. And unfortunately, as diabetics, type one and type two, we're sort of left to our own devices to sort of figure this out. And I think it's important that we all sort of learn about this stuff together. And I'm really happy to be able to have this podcast and maybe I can help one or two people in their journey and in, in trying to get this right so that they can get their blood sugars in as good a spot as mine are in. And they haven't always been good, as you know. And you're talking about the Skittles and the, the gummy bears. That That's what you're talking about in terms of me treating low blood sugars. Every month, I think, or every two months, you had an Amazon subscription to get a bag of five-pound gummy bears. And that was specifically for me to treat low blood sugars. And since I started intermittent fasting over six months ago now, I've only gone through half of one of those five pound bags to deal with low blood sugars. Now it's not always because I don't get low blood sugars, which I still do because of, like we talked about the basal rates not being right sometimes. It's sometimes I'll eat a piece of bread instead of a, a gummy bear or something like that. But I think it's it's been such a huge benefit to me and I hope that, you know, the people listening are are starting to absorb some of that and hopefully can apply it to their own lives, whether you do as much fasting as I do, or you do something more modified, like a 1410 or whatever the case may be, whatever makes you happy and is, is sustainable for you. That's the intent. Well, going back to some of the other questions I had here, and you alluded to this a little bit, but you've seen me go through so many diets now. You've seen me start on an Atkins type low carb diet which honestly I was having trouble with. I, I do like a basically a modified low carb now, but you've seen me go through two rounds of Weight Watchers. You saw me go through intermittent fasting with dirty fasting. You saw me do a hypnosis program where I lost a bunch of weight. You've seen me do a bikini body workout. I mean, you've seen me do a thousand different things. I'm always trying the new trend. What do you think makes intermittent fasting different? Well, and it's good that you bring that up because most of these things have been successful for you, but in the short term. What, what makes intermittent fasting successful for you and a lot of other people out there is that while no, no dietary change, no lifestyle change is easy, the decision in and it of itself is pretty easy. It's do I eat now 
or do I eat in a little bit? And if you can continue to make that decision and continue to choose, no, I'm not going to eat right now, that makes this a relatively easy lifestyle change once you buy into it. And once you can kind of train your body that, that this is something I want to do. Again, you've talked about the, the juggling, the shopping, the convenience of doing some of these other, some of these other diets out there. The, the the technology involved, other than a, a good egg timer, uh, or or maybe a maybe a couple apps out there you can download on your phone to to count sixteen hours or however it is you want to do. It's you know at, at the end of the day it's a pretty simple decision you have to make. Now there are days I'm sure anyone out there you, you get hungry and that's perfectly normal. But the, the more you buy into this and the more you can see the benefits and the benefits aren't just uh, a smaller pant size or a smaller dress size or a different number on the scale. For most of the people listening to this, where blood sugar is a real concern every hour of every day, and sometimes it can be life or death in most extreme cases, when you start to see those benefits as well, it makes that decision a little bit easier. It's not just the weight. It's not just a diet. Uh, it's that extra added benefit as well. And for you, I think it clicked in. It was obvious to me, I think, when we took a vacation. You were probably about one or two months into it, maybe five or six weeks into it. And that's when I first really started taking notice of not only is this different because we're not eating two meals a day while we're on vacation like we normally would that you're actually seeing benefits, you're actually seeing weight loss, you're starting to show off your, your, your daily charts a little bit more, because it was starting to kick in, and you were starting to buy into it. And that's where I got the idea of, hey, this isn't just another insert countless diets here, a lot of them worked for you in the short term. But then for whatever reason, just like anybody else, it's one of the reasons why the gyms are going to be really crowded. COVID or not in January. And then by February 1st, let's call it, you know, President's Day weekend, you can you can get a spot at the weight bench again. It's human nature, but this is something that not only is the decision itself on an hourly, a daily basis, a little bit simpler decision. It's not, there's 10 things. What's the right one to eat? What's the wrong one to eat? It's do I eat? And as long as you can continue to say, not right now. I'll eat a little bit later. Not only has the weight been coming off for you, but again, these other extra added benefits are quite honestly priceless to you, which is why you're sharing this with people. We're pretty kind of normal, boring people otherwise, but this is something but this is something (laughs) this is something we're sharing. I wasn't there 20 something years ago with you, but I know a lot of people in my family that are affected by diabetes, just like everybody here listening to this. I have, there are young people in my family that are more or less born with it, that are basically giving themselves injections before they went to school. They, they weren't even of school age and they were giving themselves injections. It's, it's a horrible disease. And if intermittent fasting is something that can, as you've seen, and I'm sure countless other people have seen, can help combat this, then it is something, then it is a message that should be shared with other people. 
Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's a message that needs to be out there and I haven't seen very much of it, quite honestly. So hopefully, you know, this is a niche that I and others can help to fill. One other thing I wanted to discuss with you is the mental aspect of this, because you know me, if I'm not happy about something, I'm definitely going to complain about it. And when I've been on other diets, you'll definitely hear me saying, oh, I don't want to eat any more fruit. And, or like when I was on Weight Watchers, fat-free Greek yogurt was zero points. So I had, I basically learned every recipe under the sun that had fat-free Greek yogurt in it. I was just getting so sick of all of the zero point foods and trying to stretch my points. And I, you never heard the end of it. It was, it was pretty bad with this. I mean, maybe at the beginning, maybe I was saying I was hungry, but I don't, I don't honestly remember what have you noticed from your perspective? Have I said anything like fasting is hard or I, I don't want to continue? This is difficult. What have you noticed from the mental aspect or have you seen it been pretty smooth sailing for the most part? I'm sure it's more difficult than you let on, but I'll be perfectly honest in that I'd say maybe once a month maybe twice a month do I ever hear kind of hungry right now (laughs) and it's 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 few and far between that that I hear that and I, I think it's testament to the fact not that you have any stronger willpower than anyone else out there but I think it's testament to the fact that once you get over that initial hump of doing it for let's say you know a week or two and you start to see some benefits from it it, it's that it's testament to the fact that it is a kind of simple decision you have to make. It's do I want to eat right now? And if and if you can tell yourself, no, not right now, I'll make that decision in another hour. And if you can continue to push it and push it and push it, remembering that most people sleep about eight hours a day to say 16 hours. And once you kind of get a couple days on your belt, you're like, well, that wasn't too bad. Or it wasn't great today, but you know, five out of six days were pretty good. Once you can kind of get to that mental, over that mental hurdle, it's something that is that is quite manageable. So yes, do you have days where you're like, wow, I should have eaten a little bit more? And then that's probably the one thing I hear the most from you, because I didn't have a long window. I either shouldn't have closed it so early, or I should have eaten a little bit more. And again, that's kind of fine tuning it. Everyone's going to be a little different everyone's going to be a little different. Just like your blood sugar experiences are different than everyone else listening to this right now. Your dietary needs and the way your body processes foods are going to be a little different. So if anything, those days that are a little bit more of a challenge to you are a learning experience. And you've learned that. It's one thing to eat one hour a day, but I got to make sure I eat this many calories or this big of a plate or this many different food groups, because that'll help me get through the next 23 hours or whatever it is you're planning to do. Every day you do have a little bit of a struggle. It's a learning experience. And I think that's one reason why mentally it's less of a conscious decision for you to fast. It's more just, this is what I'm going to do. Right. I think that's a totally fair observation. Sometimes I am hungry and that's just, sometimes it's hormonal. And like you said, sometimes it's, I didn't eat enough in my eating window. And actually it's kind of funny because it's a total change in mindset because with every other quote unquote diet I've ever been on, it's been about deprivation, 
Now it's about, no, I need to make sure I get enough fat in my diet. I need to make sure I get enough calories during this time period. Like I, I can't be so restrictive. I've got to make sure I get all my nutrients for the day in this time period. And actually it's kind of a joy to be able to do that because I eat avocados and olive oil and cheese. And I, and I do so consciously and happily knowing that those things are good for me and that my body needs that to make it through to the next day. So I think that's actually pretty incredible, but yeah, you're right. Sometimes I, some things are, you know, hard and I, I think that's totally normal and natural to acknowledge that. Cause I'm sure everybody will go through that at some point. And there's never going to be a time where every day is just super easy and you close your window and then you never think about food again until the next day. Like it's just, it's unrealistic, but I, I do agree with you that it's those days are maybe once or twice a month. And that's, that's pretty much it, honestly, because you know me, there wouldn't be a time when I'd ever just not say anything about it. I'll always complain if I'm not happy about something. So you would be the first to know. Now, before we close, I want to ask you if there's anything else that you'd want to say or any other ways that my intermittent fasting has affected you or any hopes that you have for the future for me, anything along those lines. Well, first and foremost, I just want to say how proud I am of you. It's something you went into with good intentions, as like you've said, you've done with say a dozen other things, just even in the time we've known each other. And it's not about always being on a diet. It's just um, looking for a a more sustainable way of, of going about things. And not only did you uh, really kind of buy into this, but when you started to notice that there were more benefits than just say consistent, steady weight loss, you, you really stuck with this and you started by influencing people around you, like myself, you started by influencing people around me, like, you know, friends and parents and, and other people, whether they had diabetes or not. I mean, this is something you really wanted to share with other people. And for those in the community that could also maybe potentially see some of the same blood sugar benefits as well. I think it's a real value add. Again, you did not invent intermittent fasting and not trying to take credit for that. And you probably weren't the first person to know that, hey, maybe your blood sugar comes down with, with this intermittent fasting and that there are other added health benefits from weight loss. But the fact that you were able to realize that and have now created this platform to help share this idea with other people, I think it's really exciting. And I'm excited to see you're less than a year into this. I'm excited to see where we are, say a year from now, um, or even six months from now. And I'm pretty confident that you're not going to lose 30 more pounds from here. (laughs) (laughs) But but I'm pretty confident that, that you'll, you'll be in a similar positive mindset about this because you'll continue to see the benefits. In some ways, kind of that low-hanging fruit's been picked. But I'm excited to see a year from now, you sticking with this. Can the blood sugar get even better? Or are we just at a much more manageable level and the weight's at a, the weight's at a pretty steady level and I just feel better? And that would be very happy for me given all the mess that's gone on in the world in the last year or two. If anything else, this is a nice personal bright spot and one that can potentially you can share with other people out there. And I think that's really cool. 
Thank you. And well, you know, I'm actually a very, very private person. So the fact that I'm doing this is really outside of my comfort zone. And if I didn't really believe in it, there's no way that I would ever do this. It's something that I feel that strongly about in terms of my own health and hopefully the health of others that even if it only helps one person, or even if it just continues to help me, then it's worth it. And obviously I can't do any of this without the love and support that you've given me. It's certainly made my life a lot easier to have somebody that believes in me and is behind me all the way when I do things. So thank you so, so, so much for all of your help on this journey. And hopefully in six months, this podcast is still going strong and we can have you back and we can discuss any updates and we can check in and see how things have been going. I think that's great. And hopefully by then you'll have converted me as well. <laughs> I'm still working on you. Yes. <laughs> well, thanks again. I appreciate you being here. Thank you. Love you. Thank you so much. Love you too. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, don't forget to rate and review the podcast. And if you're interested in being a guest, please email me at fastlifewithdiabetes at gmail.com. Thanks so much. Have a great day.